Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for January 6th, 2023. Listen, I'm teaching a brand new series for this year. Um, This is a year of refreshing and restoring for us, and I'm going to be ministering to you about that. But the Lord told me on New Year's Eve to teach the miracles of Jesus in January, and I'm excited about it. I, I just love the word of God. This is passion, this zeal, this fervor, this fire that 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 I live with, and I pray that if you lost that along the way, you're going to get it back in this season. This is a season where God is going to bring your fire back, your passion back, your zeal back. God will refresh you. God will restore you. This is a season of restoration and the restitution of all things. Put it in the chat. Say, this is a season. Put it in the chat. Whatever, if it's refreshing, restoring, or both. This is a season, put in the chat, of refreshing for me. This is a season of restoring for me. Or if it's both, this is a a season of refreshing and restoring for me. You got to declare these things by faith. You got to open up your heart to receive what God is saying. We're studying the miracles of Jesus. And today, this is part three of the miracles of Jesus. We're going to look at the healing of a Roman centurion servant. I'm calling this lessons in leadership, love, power, and faith. Get ready for the word. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, Before I get into the miracles, every day I'm going to share with you Psalms 126 and verse 4. This is a a scripture that was shared with us at our church for this year, and I want to meditate on this every day. So this is what the Bible says. Now, Lord, do it again. I mean, just that right there. I could preach that right there. Now, Lord, do it again. Restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. In this season, my prayer for you is that every dry place in your heart, in your spirit will be drenched again. This is a season where God is going to take us back to where we had that fire, that zeal, where you had that spring in your step, where you had that song in your heart, where you had that smile in your face. God is going to do it again for you. Put in the chat, Lord, do it again. All right. So now let me get to the to the miracles because that's what I'm supposed to be teaching. Matthew chapter 8, verses eight through, I mean, uh, verses five through 11, and then verse 13. This is what the Bible says. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, oh, okay, he's sick. You need me? Okay, let's go. I I will go and heal him. Verse eight, the centurion answered, no, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house and to be under my roof, but speak a word only and my servant will be healed. Verse nine, for I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes. I say to another one, come. And he comes. I say to another one, do. And he does. And Jesus, when he heard this, the Bible says, he marveled. At what this Roman officer was saying. He said, assuredly, I say unto you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. He's like, I'm called to the people of Israel. I'm here to minister to Jews, not Gentiles, but I haven't found this kind of faith amongst the Jews. It took an outsider 
to honor me on this level. It took an outsider to be able to see and perceive who I am in the spirit and to just take me at my word. So he says, listen, go right now. You will have what you say. And the Bible says, and his servant was healed from that very moment. So what does this mean for you today? I have a lot of things to share with you on this Friday morning about love and leadership and power and authority and all of these things. As I share these things, I need you to open up your heart to receive what God is about to release. Say amen to that. All right, so number one, godly leaders are humble and compassionate. As a believer, I want you to know, many of us on this call, I know are leaders, and godly leaders are humble and compassionate. Let me explain. At the time of the text, the Israelites were under the power of the Romans. And so they were subject to the Romans. So uh, for a Roman officer, I mean, so not only just anybody, this guy was a centurion, so he was over 100 soldiers. He would be the equivalent in the U.S. Army of a company commander. So for this company commander in the Roman army, so now he's a Roman army, uh, he's part of the Roman army, and he's an off officer. And so he's over soldiers, So and they are over the Jews, right, Romans. So for this Roman officer to go to a Jew and submit himself to a Jew and to then call the Jew Lord and to say, no, Lord, you're not even worthy to come into my home. You're not worthy to be under my roof. That was an act of humility. Most Romans had no dealings with the Jews, much less an officer in the army. But this Roman officer didn't just go looking for a Jew. He went out of his way. But he didn't go out of his way for his wife. He didn't go out of his way for his child. This man went out of his way looking for Jesus, a Jewish miracle worker, to submit to him. Why? Because his servant was at home, paralyzed and in pain. This was a man who was in a position of power and prominence in Rome and in the community, and he humbled himself to go find a Jew who could help. The centurion operated with compassion. Say compassion. Remember yesterday I was dealing, uh, teaching you about empathy and compassion. So empathy is when I'm able to empathize with you, connect with your feelings and feel what you feel. Compassion just takes empathy to another level and it causes me to action where I have to go do something about what I'm feeling where I'm connected to you. So not only do I feel what you feel, but I'm going to do something about your situation because I move with compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion in the story yesterday with the leper. Today, the Roman officer was moved with compassion to the point where he had to leave his home. He was at first empathizing with his servant. Oh my God, you're in pain. Are you okay? How is this? Oh, huh, huh. But now it took up to another level when his empathy was moved to compassion, when he said, I got to go find this miracle working Jesus. So this military commander decided to serve his servant. You know, you probably heard a lot about servant leadership. My, the, the military, the U.S. Army definition of leadership is the ability to influence others into the accomplishment of the mission while providing purpose, direction, and motivation. I don't like that definition of leadership because it, it connotes that I'm in charge and you're not, and you're going to do what I say. The definition of leadership that I use, servant leadership, I got from a book called On Being a Servant of God by Dr. Warren W. Wearsby. And in that book, Wearsby quotes a guy named Dr. Ted Ward. And Dr. Ted Ward said, leadership is a servant relationship which facilitates human development. 
As a leader, my job is to serve those that I am assigned to lead. This Roman officer was a leader and he was compassionate. He was serving those that he was assigned to lead. And Jesus connected with this because Jesus did not come to be served. Jesus came to serve. Say this, put this in the chat. Say, I'm a leader and I'm here to serve those I'm assigned to lead. As a believer, I'm here to serve. As a leader, I am not here to be served. As a leader, I'm here to serve. As a leader, I am serving those that I am blessed and anointed and called to lead. Say amen to that. So Jesus humbled himself to the Father in all things. And so he identified with this Roman officer who who just came to him on a level that just just resonated with him. Here's three quick things that we can learn from this, and then I'll continue on with my points. The first one is to interact with God, you must be humble. Say humble. You gotta, you gotta be somebody who, who operates with a certain level of humility because pride is gonna keep you away from God's best. So you must be humble as a leader and as a child of the most high God. Say amen to that. All right. The second thing is to make a difference in the lives of others, you must be a person that develops empathy and compassion. So not just being empathetic, not sympathy, like, you know, I feel bad for you. No, empathy to where I feel what you feel. And then I am compassionate to the point where I'm willing to do something about it. And then lastly, as a godly leader, you must be in a position to serve those you are blessed and anointed to serve. So I'm not coming to work and I have people that are my direct reports. I'm not here like they serve me. No, I believe I am assigned to serve them and I'm pouring into them, developing into them and I'm becoming the man that God called me to be in the lives of them. Say amen to that. All right, number two, it takes an understanding of authority to access supernatural power. Now, in this miracle, I'm teaching about leadership because that it's it's a lot. It's in the text, so I need to teach it. But we're going to learn a lot through the series uh, on miracles. We're going to learn all kinds of things from the Word of God. Here, let's talk about authority and power for a moment. The first thing that the Roman officer said was, hey, Mr. Jesus, I don't need you to, to come to my house. I just need you to speak because I understand how authority works. The first thing he said about authority was, I am a man under authority. He says, I have people who are over me. And so because I have people who are over me, I have to do what they tell me to do. And in other words, remember, I've taught you many times, your authority is derived from your submission. So your level of authority is derived from your level of submission. And so, so because he was submitted, then he could operate in authority. This is why Jesus was so powerful. Jesus was submitted to the Father in all things. Therefore, Jesus could operate with the authority of heaven on this planet because he was submitted to heaven. And so whatever you're submitted to, you'll be able to be deputized to operate in that power. Say amen to that. The Roman officer said, listen, I understand how authority works. I got people over me. And the people over me, they tell me to go, I have to go. They tell me to do, I have to do because they have authority over me. But because I submit to authority, then the people under me have to submit to me. And so that's how authority works. I can tell people go and they have to go. I can tell people do and they have to do. I can tell people come and they have to come. But these are people that are under my authority. Now, if I go to somebody who's not under my authority and I say go, they don't have to go. If I go to somebody who's not under my authority, I say come, they don't have to come. Why? Because they're not under my authority. But if they're under my authority and I say go, they have to go. If I say come, they have to come. If I, if I say do, they have to they have to do. Why? Because whatever or whoever is under my authority is subject to my words. Oh, come on now. I feel like preaching. Now, I just did a, uh, two books on affirmations. 
150 Affirmations for Men, 150 Affirmations for Women. If you don't have those books, you should get it. It's, anyway, uh, but let me get back to this. But I teach on this in the book and the power of your words. He was like, listen, authority is exercised through words. Faith is exercised through words. I tell people with words, go, they have to go. I tell people with words, do, they have to do. I tell people with words, come, they have to come. Whatever is under my authority is subject to my words. You got it? Okay, so what was he saying? Let me give you the Rick Pina version of what, what he was saying. Basically, he, he came to Jesus and he was saying, Mr. Jesus, oh, come on, man, this is good. He says, Mr. Jesus, I'm not here because I'm a Roman and you're a Jew. This has nothing to do with it. I am here because I perceive that you have authority over sickness. Now, I don't. If I did, then I would have simply spoken to the sickness and it would have to go because anything under my authority is subject to my words. You see what I'm saying? But since I don't have authority over sickness and my servant is sick and I care about him and he was in pain and I empathize and I'm compassionate, then I'm out here looking for you, Mr. Miracle Worker. Why? Because I believe that you have authority over sickness. Now, since you have authority over sickness, I don't need you to go. I just need you to say, come on now, because if you open up your mouth and you exercise your authority and you speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. Come on now. Jesus was like, holy moly. I have not found this kind of faith not even in Israel. He was like, who is this man that understands how authority works? Who is this man that understands how faith works? Who is this man? Who, this guy has a, a better understanding of the kingdom than the Jews do. I'm a Jew and I'm here ministering to Jews. I'm not even supposed to be dealing with these Roman people. I'm not even supposed to be dealing with Gentiles, but this man understands how the kingdom works. The kingdom works is there is power and there is authority and power and authority are exercised through words. Come on now. And anything under my authority, uh, that if I speak to it, it has to submit. And come on. Oh, he was like, okay, fine. Go. Your servant is healed. And from that very moment, the Bible says, his servant was healed. Say amen to that. I hope you're learning about love and faith and, and leadership and how all this stuff works. Number three, the reason why Jesus called this Roman centurion's faith great. Let me explain. Several reasons. The first one, the military commander believed that Jesus had authority over sickness. Listen, you have to believe. He says, this is something that, I, that many people don't believe today. Let me say this. Mark 9 and 23 says, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, if you don't believe, whatever you don't believe is not possible for you. Let me explain. So there are people today, 2023, who don't believe in healing. Okay. Is healing possible in 2023? Absolutely. There are people in 2023 who don't believe in healing. Okay. So if you don't believe in healing, healing is not possible for you. It's not that healing is not possible. It's just not possible for you because you don't believe it. So there are things that are available to us as children of the Most High God. Some people don't believe in it. Okay. You miss out. I don't know about you, but I'm a believer and not a doubter. I walk by faith and not by fear. I want everything that God wants for me. So this, uh, this man believed that Jesus had authority over sickness. Jesus still has authority over sickness right now. I'm telling you, right now, 2023, Jesus has authority over sickness, and you can tap into that authority, that power to receive healing in 2023. Say amen to that, all right? 
The second thing, the centurion believed that Jesus was submitted to the Father, okay? He started off by saying, okay, Mr. Jesus, the reason why I don't need you to go, I just need you to say, is because I understand how authority works. Remember, I'm a man under authority. And because I'm a man under authority, my authority is derived from my level of submission. I can tell people to go, they have to go. I can tell people to do, they have to do. Why? Because when the people over me tell me to go, I have to go. And the people over me tell me to do, I have to do. And so since I understand how authority works, then I'm coming to you because I, I believe that you are under the authority of heaven. And because you're under the authority of heaven, Mr. Jesus, then you get deputized by heaven to operate on the earth. And so, so what, what, what I believe, Mr. Jesus, is that since you have the authority of heaven, when you open up your mouth and you speak, you get heaven on earth. You're able to bring heaven down to the earth because you're under the authority of heaven. Now, I, I'm not. I'm under the authority of Rome. And so I, I get to operate with Rome. You get to operate with heaven. I get to manifest Rome. I get to expand the kingdom of Rome everywhere we go. We go into a new town. We take over that town. I get to then inculcate. Uh, 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 I get to colonize this town for Rome. And I get to teach this town what Rome is like. But you are walking around here teaching everybody what heaven is like. And so you are colonizing villages and towns and cities for the kingdom of God. And so so, so I, I understand how this thing works, Mr. Jesus. And so when I go into a, a town where we're colonizing and I'm, in, and I'm in authority, I can speak. People have to do what I say because they're under my authority. But since you're, you're, you have another kingdom, your kingdom is not of this world. And since you are colonizing cities and villages and towns and you're colonizing them for, for heaven, then, then you're operating with a different level of authority. So I don't need you to go. I just need you to say, come on, man. This is how we're supposed to live. And so when you understand that, then you can, you can live like Jesus lived. First John 4 and 17 says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Jesus took your place on the cross. Now you take his place in this world. Put that in the chat. Say, Jesus took my place. Now I take his place. Jesus took your place on the cross. Now you and I, we get to take his place in the world. Say amen to that. You are the only Jesus that some people are going to see. You, are, you go to work today. I want you to go to work today and tomorrow and the next day, knowing that you are just like Jesus, that when people come in contact with you, they should come in contact with Jesus. And the last thing I'll say about this point is that he was willing to take God at his word. Listen, as a believer, you are going to have to learn that you got to take God at his word, that, that you have to stand in faith, that you have to stand in faith without a doubt, without wavering. You got to take God at his word. In the world, people say, I will believe it when I see it. But in the kingdom, you actually have to believe it to see it. In the kingdom, you have to believe it first in order to see it. This man was willing to take God at his word. Jesus was blown away. Mind blown. Great faith. Say amen to that. All right, number four. Jesus will meet you at your level of faith. So in yesterday's message, we, we learned that God will meet you where you are. I was dealing with the man and the leper and all of that. God will meet you where you, where you are. He will meet you in your condition. Um, and he will also meet you at your level of faith. Let me explain. Later, I'm not going to deal with this now, but I do deal with this in my book, on the, in the two books, The Affirmations of Faith for Men and Women. I explain all this in the opening chapter. Um, but I'll deal with the story of Jairus later. But Jairus came to Jesus. And said, Mr. Jesus, my daughter is sick. She's at home. She's lying at the point of death. But if you will come and lay hands on her, she shall recover and she shall live. And so Jairus needed, Jairus was at, at the seashore. Remember, just like the story that we're studying right now, Jesus had the authority. So Jesus could have just spoken, Jairus, go, your daughter is healed from, from this very moment. If Jairus had the faith to believe that, 
then he could have been like, oh, she's healed now? Thank you, Mr. Jesus, and just walked away and believed that it was already done like the Roman officer did. But that's not what he said. He said, no, Lord, I need you to come to my house, lay hands on my daughter, then she shall recover, then she shall live. That's where his faith was. So Jesus, because that was where his faith level was, Jesus had to go all the way to this dude's house, and then he could have healed him from, as soon as he walked through the threshold, by then the little girl was dead. There were people that were mourning. Jesus said, no, she's, she's just asleep. They laughed at Jesus. He kicked them out. Even then, from the threshold, Jesus could have said, daughter, get up. But no, that's not what Jairus said. What did Jairus say? I need you to come to my house, lay hands on my daughter, touch her. Then she shall recover. Then she shall live. So Jesus had to physically go touch this girl because that's what Jairus said. The Roman officer said, no, no, no. I don't need you to come. I just need you to say. So Jesus was able to just say, why? Because that's what he said. Along the way to Jairus' house, there was a woman who kept saying, if I could just touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And she got healed. Why? When she touched his garment. Why? Because that's what she said. I'm telling you that God will meet you at your level of faith in this series. You're going to learn about faith. You're going to, your, your faith is going to be built up and, ex, and ignited in 2023. I'm going to get you back to where you used to believe. Say amen to that. All right, number five, the last thing I'll do, and we'll close out the week with this, some quick lessons from this whole story. And I could preach this for hours, but, but let me just give you some closing thoughts here. Godly leaders care about those they are blessed to lead. So this is like a quick recap as we close. Godly leaders seek God for the welfare of their people. Let me pause for a minute on this one. We're at the beginning of the year. You have people that are under your authority, whether that's people at work that work for you or your children or your children's children, whoever it is, you have people that are under your authority, that are under your care. At the beginning of the year, you should be praying for them. Let's pray and intercede for them. This Roman officer cared for his servant to the point where he went looking for Jesus. Another thing we learned is that from Hebrews 11 and 6, it is impossible to please God without faith. And so for, for us to live a life that is pleasing in God's sight, the text is teaching us that we cannot do it without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. So for us to please God, we must live by faith. Put it in the chat. I am the just and I live by faith. Part of living by faith is taking God at his word. The Roman officer, he took God at his word. The, his servant was healed because he took Jesus at his word. It, listen, he, the Roman officer believed it. Jesus spoke it. The Holy Ghost manifested it because this man was willing to take God at his word. He didn't need to see it with his own eyes. He just believed in the unseen, and the unseen was more real to him than the seen. As a believer, I want you to know that in this series, while I'm teaching you about the miracles of Jesus, my prayer is that your faith will be ignited and built up and revived and restored to the point where the unseen is more real to you than the seen. In 2023, for you to maximize your purpose and potential. Put that in the chat. Say, the unseen is more real to me than the seen. Declare that out loud. Declare that by faith. The unseen is more real to me than the seen. When you get to the point where the unseen is more real to you than the seen, now, what am I saying? I'm saying that you go into your prayer closet. God shows you things. And it's almost like he's putting your future on display. It's almost like you're watching a trailer of a movie, like coming soon, like a coming attraction. So when you go in your prayer closet, 
God gives you glimpses of your future to, to ignite your faith. God gives you glimpses of your future so that you can be motivated in the present. And when God does this, the unseen is one thing. You see it. Oh my God, you get excited. Then when you come out of your prayer closet, you're dealing with the realities of this present world. And it's almost like this world hasn't caught up with God yet. And so so what you got to do is get to the point where the unseen is more real to you than the seen. And if you can ever get to that point like this man did, he was like, no, the unseen is more real. Sir, Mr. G, I don't need you to go. I don't need you to go. I just need you to say. And once he said it, he's like, I receive it. It's already done. That's how we're supposed to live. You got to get to your point where the unseen is more real to you than the seen. And as I teach you this series, I pray that your faith will be built up. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say this, say it out loud. Say, Father, I thank you for your love and grace. I thank you for refreshing and restoring me in this season. And as I study the miracles of Jesus, my faith is reignited and increased in this season. I will experience supernatural manifestation like never before because my faith is being developed to the point where I can take you at your word. I believe what you say, even when I don't have any sense realm evidence to support it. And even when it flies in the face of the evidence that I do see in this world, I walk by faith and not by sight. The unseen is more real to me than the seen. So speak the word only, Father, and my situation shall be changed. As you speak, I take you at your word and I boldly declare, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. This is the last word for the first week of 2023. I pray that your faith was ignited and, and revived. This is a message you might need to listen to again because I covered a lot in this, in this message. I was teaching about love and leadership and compassion and faith and all of those things. So listen, do me a favor. If you're not getting my notes, you get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. And then do me a favor, leave me some comments in the chat. I like to read those comments. Just tell me if this message was a blessing to you. Write me a quick comment and share the message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Have an amazing weekend. This is going to be a great year for us. Say amen to that. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals 
to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.